You are Locked On Pit, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, folks? Welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast, your daily podcast covering the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day, I'm Nick Farabai, right for Pittsburgh Sports Now. Call games at WPTS Radio, and I'm a production assistant at ACC Network. And folks, today we have a very special guest on, George Michalowski from Pittsburgh Sports Now, their recruiting analyst, college basketball beat writer. We'll be talking about with him about everything from recruiting to the outlook of this team. Really, we'll talk about everything. We'll cover it all here on Locked on Pit. George is a great interview. Make sure to go check him out on Twitter at GMichalowskiCBB. You're listening to Locked On Pit. It's coming up next. Folks, welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast. As always, folks, thank you for making the Locked On Pit Podcast your first listen every day. Make sure to leave a review down below. All that good stuff. I love your guys's feedback and all of that in today's episode is brought to you by NetSuite. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. Head to netsuite.com slash locked on NCA for special end of the year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. And folks, listen, I have a special guest on with me today. I know I haven't had a guest on here in a while, but George Michalowski from Pittsburgh Sports. Now we are talking pit basketball recruiting and all of that. I wanted to say Marlon Barnes Jr. and the, the talk about him specifically today. George and I had to work out some schedule conflicts and all of that, but George is finally here. George, how are you doing, man? Doing great, Nick. Thanks for having me on. No problem, George. And and listen, George, I know that uh, how's Pitt treating you? I know I know you made the drive back from Chicago. Did you go up to Syracuse? I did not go up to Syracuse. Covered that one from the couch. Um, we had some. Some scheduling mishaps, so drove back from Chicago, back in Oakland tonight, um, ready to get going, and then Louisville on Saturday, so we're, we're all ready to go. Yeah, Pitt's going right into the, the teeth of their season, and I guess before I get to, like, recruiting stuff, just your thoughts on uh, kind of where this team is right now. I know they've improved, but that road bump against Syracuse, their worst loss since UMBC, felt like a real big step back for Pitt, but and, and I kind of viewed it, though, more as a bad matchup for Pitt than kind of anything. And I, I don't know how you kind of feel about where Jeff Cable has his team going right now. I totally agree with you on the bad matchup thing, because I talked with uh, Mike Osti last night on Pittsburgh Sports Live. We did a postgame show and we both kind of talked about and agreed on uh, the, the two, three zone Syracuse's you know, suffocating zone. Uh, they've always played, obviously, was was just not a good matchup for Pitt. Um, Pitt's been playing well. They've been improving, as, as most people are in agreement on, um, even though they haven't won every game. They got the win over Boston College, some tight losses, everyone knows, against Notre Dame, um, Louisville when they had Horton back. Um, but, they, yeah, they've been improving overall. The Syracuse loss, not a good look. Obviously, you'd like to see them keep that steam going. You know, they had the Boston College win, got people excited again. They got the commitment from Barnes last weekend. It was, it was kind of rolling there for a little bit. And, and people were gaining more optimism. But Syracuse comes in. I mean, the Bayheim brothers come in, dominate. They shot the lights out. Pitt got cold at the wrong times, kind of got lazy on defense because of their poor shooting. And, yeah, they, they dropped it. It's a, it's a tough loss to look at on the schedule. But I do think the next few games, Louisville, Virginia, Clemson, next three coming up, uh, I think those are definitely winnable. I mean, the Panthers have seen Louisville and Virginia already. Uh, I think 
the Virginia loss was by one point on the game-winning buzzer beater by Gardner. I mean, that was as close a game as you're going to see. Louisville, the same thing. Might be more of a struggle because no Ithiel Horton right now um, than the last game. But, yeah, I mean, I think you've got to look at that Syracuse loss, at least for, for right now. You know, obviously, if Pitt goes on and loses four straight, you know, this could – that could – you could look at the Syracuse loss as the, the starting point for that in, in a real step backwards. But right now, I think you got to look at it as just a bump in the road that you're going to have to get by. Forget about it. On to Louisville. Two straight big home games for Pitt. Um, we'll see what they can do there. Yeah, I kind of agree with everything you said. And Pitt, you know, as they've said all year, as Jeff Capel said, I think Jeff Capel put it perfectly when he said, we have to drag teams into the mud with us because right. – that's how Pitt's won this year. Ugly, ugly defense. They haven't shot the ball well really all year. And I think when he talks about, you know, the impact of losing Ithio Horton and losing Nike Sabande, two of your best three-point shooters, you're really left with just Mo Gee as a consistent option. And now Jamari's Burton has gotten that shot going a little bit more recently. But outside of those two, you don't have anyone. You don't – Femio Ducali's three ball hasn't come along. Neither has Will Jefferson's. Hughley's is obviously inconsistent and they don't really have that presence off the bench either. So I think that's their biggest fault right now. And I think as we move to recruiting over here and we talk about that, I think that shooting is going to be something that fans are at least going to look at. And, and Jeff Capel, if he's going to stay here, of course, uh, is going to probably look at shooting, whether that be through the portal or uh, right now in the 2022 or 2023 class. So, what are you kind of looking at overall? Pitt recruiting shooters right now? Yeah, so Pitt's recruiting, it's it's tough to find the 2022 guys that they've been going after right now. You know, Capel's been really quiet offering kids. I think he's given out two or three offers, at least that the kids have posted in the past two or three months. Um, so it's, it's tough to nail down exactly where they're headed with the 2022 class. I do think they're definitely going to attack the transfer portal um, for, for some guards, for some wings. Um, I think they expect... Nothing, nothing that can exactly back this up right now, but I do think based on quotes, based on things that recruits have told me that Pitts told them, stuff like that, that they do expect Nike Sabande to, to probably come back next year. Um, that's not for sure, obviously, but that'll definitely be another help. Horton, if he's back next year, will be a help. Um, but recruiting-wise, you know, they're going after some guys. They're going after some good players. It's pretty late in the cycle. They missed on some guards and wings in the in the summer, obviously. Uh, that would have been a big help. But there are there's a lot of talent still out there. So you know, I, I can go through the guys right now. 2022, um, they're looking at guards like Arturo Dean, um, Desmond Claude. Those are both teammates on Putnam Science Academy up in Connecticut. Um, I talked to Arturo this morning. Um, he said Pitt's still reaching out to him. They haven't offered. He's kind of waiting on a visit. Um, or waiting on an offer to take a visit up to Pitt. So he, he's like a 5'10", 5'11", shorter guy. Described him as a bulldog, um, I've seen. But he's a talented guy they're looking at, kind of underrated. St. Bonaventure's on him really hard. So not quite sure if he's going to get that ACC offer from Pitt. Uh, Claude, on the other hand, top 100 guy, one of the top prospects remaining, um, one of the top guards remaining regardless. Um, he's 6'5", kind of reminds me of Femi Cali. And uh, he, he, talked, he talked to me the other day, and we, we talked about whether or not he's thinking of, of visiting Pitt because Pitt offered him, you know, a month or two ago, and he seemed like the guy. It was like Capel's got his, his guard of the future. He's going to pursue this guy. He's going to get him on an official visit, all this. But he's only got one official visit left. So he's already taken four official visits, or I think he's already taken three. 
heading out to Louisville soon. So Louisville and Xavier on him hard. Um, you got guys such as Avery Brown I spoke to the other day, another Connecticut prep school guy. He said Pitts hasn't been on him as hard as other schools, which kind of alarmed a lot of people um, in the Pitt community because he's a highly ranked guy, I think top 150 in the country. Um, he's talented. You know, who knows? Pitt can flip the switch whenever they want with these guys. Obviously, they see that these guys are interested in Pitt. They're going to want them. So you never know. And then Bryce Lindsey, another guard, he's been scoring the ball. He's been lighting up the score sheet in high school ball um, for St. Francis um, in the DMV area. So he's another guard, Bryce Lindsey. He actually – I talked to him last summer, and, and he was kind of one of the big targets for Pitt early on in his recruitment, I think when he was a junior. Um, then he released a top six or a top eight in the beginning of the summer without Pitt in it. And then all of a sudden – three, four months ago, Pitt's back recruiting him. He's, he's scrapping the top list. So that's an interesting case. I got to catch up with Lindsey soon. Um, then you move to wings. Um, you got Jan Farrell. He's a top 100 guy still on the board. Um, Darren Buchanan, he's, he's kind of trended away from, from Pitt's radar recently. Um, picked up an offer from George Mason yesterday. But uh, Buchanan was, was initially, I think when Pitt had Judah Mintz committed, Buchanan played AAU ball with uh, with Mintz, and I think he, that was when Pitt really wanted to go out and get him as their wing. Now Mintz is gone. They're, they've kind of they've kind of backed off on Buchanan. Um, Leonard Miller is a six eleven uh, wing from Canada, who um, I'm I'm trying to talk to in the next few days. I was just talking to him earlier today. He's six eleven. He's very talented, but he's got schools like Kansas on him. His brother plays for TCU, so. He's going to be he's, – he's, I think he's a top Canadian prospect in the class, so he'll be a hard get. Um, but certainly some, some options out there still left on the table. So if Pitt gets any of these guys on campus, um, that'll be big. And then obviously some of the big news the other day, not the commitment, but uh, Keyshawn Hall is a, a three-man a three slash stretch four. I mean, his, his, his high school coach told me that he can play one through four. He calls himself the big guard. He's, he's six seven and a, uh, a big guy, and, and he's from Cleveland, uh, as is Marlon Barnes, but, but Hall, Hall's a really interesting guy. He had Pitt in his top five uh, the other day, and he never posted a Pitt offer on social media, so I think a lot of people were kind of surprised. I mean, I interviewed him last summer after he got a Duquesne offer, so then when I saw this news last week, I was like, oh, Keyshawn Hall. I mean, sure. I mean, he's a real good player, real nice kid, Heard everything great about him from coaches, from opposing coaches. Um, we talked to the Brush, the Brush High School coach about Barnes, and we also asked him about Hall because um, he's seen him plays from the area, and he said he's a real deal. I mean, he, he played – it's an interesting story with Hall. Um, he played prep school ball. He, he took a prep year this year, and then about a month ago he left. He left his prep school to come train. So he, he had gotten all the offers that he kind of wanted, and he's, he's got his eyes set on these five schools, including Pitt. Um, and, and he named in an article I saw with On3 um, that he, he would like to visit Pitt if he had to choose three schools out of his top five. They narrowed it down to even three. If, they had to, if he had to choose three schools out of his top five to visit, Pitt would be one of them. So I certainly think Pitt's in the mix there. Um, Hall seems like a good player. He's working on his shooting. His trainer was telling me today he's working on his shooting a lot, which, like you said, Pitt needs. So... Yeah, they're going after a lot of guys still, even though it might not look like it on the surface. And obviously, Transfer Portal, I mean, JUCO, they're going after guys. So I saw they reached out to the number one JUCO prospect from uh, John Logan College today. So 
that was another big story, Sean East. So, yeah, so there, there, there's still definitely some action in recruiting for Pitt. Um, obviously, with no outside of Hall, no one really – no players really tweeting about Pitt. It, it makes it tough for reporters and for fans to have optimism about where this is going. Um, but I, but I certainly think, certainly think they're still working on recruiting some shooters. Yeah, and that's great stuff. But folks, before we continue on, let me let you know about NetSuite. This is it, the putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software. To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of survey businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. So folks, over 28,000 businesses already use NetSuite for the new year. NetSuite has a new financing program for those ready to upgrade at NetSuite.com slash locked. Again, head to NetSuite.com slash locked for the special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses. That's NetSuite.com slash locked. folks welcome back to the locked on pit podcast as we continue to talk recruiting here with george michaelowski and george yeah as you said i think the uh alarming factor with the with your avery brown article with then buchanan saying the same things with pharrell saying a lot of the same things too people were like who is jeff capable recruiting well he clearly is recruiting people still for 2022 again we just heard about sean east as the juco guy and i i do kind of wonder you know, when you're talking about Keyshawn Hall, talking about the big guard, the handles are there, the highlight tape. If you watch it, the handles for a guy at his height are unbelievable. And I kind of look at him, and I guess he, I got a smaller Mogi vibe in, in a lot of ways um, from Keyshawn Hall, the kind of shot-creating ability. Um, I mean, what do you – when you if you had to evaluate Keyshawn Hall right now and, and you said – Right now, what is Keyshawn Hall? Is he a day one contributor or is he more of a long-term guy? And also, do you think Pitt actually has a good shot with him? I know you said top three, but you feel like Pitt can get Keyshawn Hall? I do think, to answer your first question, I do think based on talking to coaches um, at his prep school that he went to for a couple months in the fall and talking to his trainer that he's working with every day from now until he chooses college, um, I do think he, he should be able to contribute um, at least off the bench. He's obviously not a five-star guy. He's unranked. Um, I think it'll be tough for him to get ranked, even if he commits to a high major school, be just because he's not playing in front of anyone this year. He's, he's training, obviously. Um, I do think he's, he's a solid player, and I think he's got the body. You know, you think of, like, I, it's hard to – I like the Mogi comparison because he's so crafty and he can do so many things. And if you haven't seen – listeners, if you haven't seen – Keyshawn Hall's highlight tapes, go look at his Instagram. The guy's got, I think, 33,000 followers because of these highlight tapes that have gone viral of a 6'7 guy that looks like he could play defensive end D1 football, like dribbling through defenders, spin moves, like up and under layups, throwing down dunks. Like he can get up. So I think he's a legitimate player. Obviously, I said earlier, he's working on his shooting. Uh, it, it's tough to see. It's tough to tell with that stuff, though, because – like I said, he's not playing in front of anyone right now. Like if, if I had known that Pitt was on him hard, if he had tweeted out the Pitt offer, anything, 
um, then, you know, obviously we'd go see him play and, and we get a better idea of that. But it, it's tough to tell. But based on everything I've heard um, from from sources, you know, his coach, opposing coaches, his trainer, um, things look things look good for, for Hall. And then obviously to answer your second question, I do think Pitt has a chance with him. Um, some of the other schools, I know Texas A&M, Mississippi State, we're in there, Georgia Tech. Um, they're all they're all kind of middle tier programs. Like in the in the grand scheme of things, there was no real outlier in the in the mix. So I think Pitt's got a chance. Obviously, a good sign that he named Pitt as one of the three schools he wants to visit. So we'll see. I mean, we'll talk to him after he visits if he does, and uh, and we'll get to know him from there. Yeah, I think the most likely 2022 recruit right now for Pitt probably is Keyshawn Hall. And I know you said something that intrigued me while you were talking about 2022 guys was uh, Desmond Claude. Um, I know Pitt offered him late here. And, I, and it, so it sounds like when I, I know that they backed off Brown, I, I know Jeff Capel over the past few years has had a strategy where he kind of goes all in on two or three guys and tries to get them. So it sounds like, at least to me, from what, what you said is they might have backed off Brown and now they're full court pressing Claude. Is that kind of what you, your, your vibe is right now? Uh, I'm not quite sure about that just because they offered Claude about two months ago, I think it was. So I, they, I think they may have gone for Claude right away, seen that he's, he's already taken these three visits, heard what he said. I mean, I, he told me like a week or two ago that O'Toole and Capel are still reaching out to him a few times a week. So they're still they're still trying for him. I just think it's it's a bit unlikely with how his recruitment has played out until now. Um, with all those visits being taken, he's got Louisville coming up. Obviously, going to be excited for that. And he said Louisville and Xavier were the two schools going after him the hardest. Um, so I, I just think it 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 looks obviously like we don't know what's going on in these kids' heads and the relationships with with Capel with with O'Toole, all these other schools. So it's tough to say, but I do think that the likely scenario from, from what I heard when I talked to him was, I think Pitt zeroed in on Claude, kind of saw that things may not end up how they wanted there. Like he's, there's a lot of competition. Um, obviously a top 100 guy lists late in the cycle, it's going to be tough to land. So, and then I think maybe they moved over to Brown. They really liked the prep school guys. You know, there's like, four or five, six guys on the recruiting boards that I've got for Pitt basketball that are say they're from Connecticut, but they're not from Connecticut. They're just going to prep school up there. And, and we've seen, you know, there's even a guard, not in Connecticut, but a prep school guard, um, Leland Walker, who they're, uh, who they're targeting as well. And he goes to Hargrave prep school, Hargrave military Academy in uh, Ohio. And, and I really like his game too. So Pitt's all over these prep guys. Um, I think, Brown and Claude are certainly two of them. I don't know if those are the two that they want the most. Um, it's just something we'll have to wait and see. Once these guys in the late cycle, these guys who've kind of taken their time with their recruitments start to narrow down their list. So I do expect Pitt to make some of these top five, top three lists coming up in the future, um, but, but, but who knows? Yeah, and as you're kind of mentioning there, no clear – targets outside of Keyshawn Hall. I think he's the one that makes the most sense right now, which signals to me, at least, you know, I think that they're going to attack the transfer portal a lot here. And, and it makes sense. I think when you just look at Jeff Capel's situation where, you know, he feels like he probably has to win now. He also has a nice core of, of veterans, you know, bringing in guys from Hughley's camp, Jamari's Burton's last year of eligibility is next year. So is Nike Sabandi's. 
So you you get guys that are getting older and older and older, and then you know you have Santos is a, is a sophomore, Jeffress is a junior, Odu Cali is a junior, and again I don't know that all these guys are going to be back next year. Some of them right. might transfer out. With the, with the nature of college basketball, I figure that one or two guys will at least leave the program. Um, but I get why Jeff Capel feels like in in if he gets that twenty twenty two year, and I expect him to do that at this point. I do expect him to get that year. Uh, I feel like the transfer portal makes a lot of sense for him. Sell the team down the stretch that they're improving, they're getting better, that they have this core, and, and maybe they can land a few impact transfers and actually make some noise next year. At least that's my vibe from what I'm feeling right now with Jeff Capel's strategy is. I can, I completely agree. I mean, it, it's it's tough to be optimistic about this program right now. Obviously, with the result that's that's been put out on the court this year, they've been dealt a tough hand, though, and you you have to realize, like, Hughley's a sophomore. He's a stud. Odakali showed flashes of being a stud. I wrote about it yesterday in a, uh, a five takeaways story. He's he's showing that he's kind of improving the three-point shot a little, improving on his free throws. You know, his numbers have taken a big leap. So who knows what the jumps are going to be like next year, you know, when, without a without a, another score in Gee, um, maybe with some wing shooters that can open up the floor for a guy like Odakali and Hughley. So, you never know. I mean, if they attack the transfer portal, they lock up some guys. I think I think Capel did a great job with the portal last year um, for, for all that he was given, for all that left his program. I think Burton and Gee were pretty good finds. You know, Daniel Adapo has given them some really good minutes, you know, off the further end of the bench this year. But I think overall, Capel did a good job last year in the portal. And this year, if he can get some shooters out there, um, and if obviously pending, if anyone leaves, uh, then everything changes. But I don't know. Like you said, I, I think you've got to be optimistic right now that he's going to get that next year and that they're going to show some more improvement, this this sophomore core that they've got going, and then Santos. Yeah, it's a core that I think I always come back to the what if. If they had Nike Sabande, if they had Ithiel Horton, where would this team be right now? And honestly, you could make a case that this team – has like one loss in conference. You can make a pretty good case of that. And so I, I do think that with the way the team's playing, with the way the team's improving, with honestly what they're playing with of there's some parts to where they are now, I think they're overachieving where they are. And I like what Jeff Capel's done in that regard. So I do think he's earning that year. But we haven't talked about the big guy yet, and we do have to talk about Marlon Barnes Jr. However, first, folks, Going to a quick break, let me let you know about Get Upside. Hey, Pit fans, this is Nick Fair with an incredible app. Everyone who buys gas needs to know about. It's Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. All you have to do is download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Folks, use the promo code SCORE and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Again, don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Just download the app for free and use the promo code SCORE to get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back. And listen, there's no catch. The cash back is added right to your account so you can cash out anytime to your bank account. PayPal or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use the promo code SCORE to get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. That's code SCORE. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. 
Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. It's a new year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. All right, folks, welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast. And as I said, we still have George Michalowski here. We are talking about Marlon Barnes Jr. Pitt's latest commit. Obviously, committing to Pitt. That was the big news for them. It really came out of nowhere. I, I know that he was a pit lean forever, but I, I don't think anyone expected him to pull the trigger a year before he's even going to sign the dotted line on a letter of intent. Right. I mean, what kind of led up to that? And Capel took Capel doesn't, you know, Capel's taken a few early commitments before. I mean, this one it, it kind of came out of nowhere, though. I mean, it's it's a good news. It's good news for the program. It's great news for the program. I mean, he's a really special player. He's got the body to play in college right now. If it fills out a little bit with some strength, um, he's got a great shot. He's got a great relationship with both the Cable brothers. Um, I know Jason, um, I was actually going to the Pitt football game this this fall. I saw Marlon when he was there on his visit with Jason Cable. Um, so Jason's been on him for, for years now. Jeff's been on him for years. And they really trust – the brush program they trust they trust coach mason from brush um and and he was on hughley's team barnes was a freshman hughley was a senior there at brush in cleveland so you know he's excited i talked to him right after he committed um he told me he's got one year left of high school obviously and he told me he's not going to be reclassifying which a lot of people asked right after he committed um who knows he may change his mind down the road but yeah it, it seems like in in 2023 in a year and a half when he gets on campus He's going to be a great pickup. And, and it, the timing of it was a little bit unexpected. Um, he, he, like you said, he was a pit lean for a while, like three months ago, I think I talked to him and, and we threw the article out there. He was, he was giving us some quotes where he was saying, yeah, Pitt's the leader in my recruitment right now. I mean, that it's just the fact. I mean, he wasn't even spilling too much information. He was just like, yes, like they're my favorite school. I visit them. I'm comfortable with them. I like the staff, I like the school. I know John there. And, uh, and his coach likes him. So it, it, was, it was a good get for Cable, definitely. And, uh, and the timing was certainly pleasant. I mean, anything that Cable can get right now to pick up the optimism from everyone around the program, fans, everything, the team itself. I mean, you see John commenting on Marlon Barnes' pictures all the time. And, and even Keyshawn Hall, another Ohio guy, he was commenting on his pictures. So there's some connections starting to be built there and the, the Cleveland, the brush pipeline, who knows if that'll continue. Uh, I know they've got some other talented players on that team, but Marlon Barnes is a big commitment for Capel. You know, like we were talking about earlier, recruit to shoot. And uh, I talked, I talked to Mason, coach Mason from brush right after I called Barnes after the commitment. And, uh, and he was saying, you know, most of all, what you're getting out of Barnes right now, the product that's there right now is, is a great shot. He, he called his shot pretty. He called his shot an NBA type jumper. And he's got this six foot six kind of skinny, but also like bouncy and, and pretty strong base, like a, like a Jalen Green, Houston Rockets, you know, type of frame. And that can get dangerous. Like he can, 
he can fill that body out. He can put on some muscle while keeping his, his solid jumper and, and become a deadly shooter over the next year and a half. Uh, I think he can be a really good player. And, and he's a guy who, even though right now you look at the, you look at the rankings and the recruiting sites and it has Barnes around like, I think 120, 130 on 24-7, um, around 79-ish on Rivals. Um, but you look three months ago when he was at number 60. So I think as more people get to see Barnes play, um, the Capels obviously have liked him since day one. They like what they've heard from the coaches at Brush since day one, obviously still do now. Um, but I think he will turn into a really good player, really solid pickup for Pitt. Yeah, that was it's a huge pickup for them in terms of just landing a big-time recruit. It feels like there have been so many recruits over the Capel era where they are two or three. And in a, in a major guy's – you know, one, like R.J. Davis was a pit lean forever and then went to UNC. It felt like they had a chance with Efton Reed, and then he went to LSU. There are so many other different ones from this year, the year before, where it felt like Pitt had them, and they didn't quite have them. Now it seems like they do have a big-time shooter in Marlon Barnes, and as you said, that's huge for the program moving forward. They needed positive momentum going forward. Now, I guess when you look at Marlon Barnes, where does he best project for you? Where In, in the capable – kind of offensive defensive scheme where's he playing is he a two is he a three is he a stretch four where do you see Marlon Barnes fitting into this so his coach Mason um, talked to me Chet Mason talked to me after his commitment like I said and he said he thinks Barnes has the potential to be a champagne type player a dog on the inside and I, I kind of heard that comparison I don't know if I completely I obviously have not seen Barnes play nearly as much as his coach but from what I've seen from Barnes from what I've seen from their them from their body types and uh from watching Champagne play last year I really don't know if that's going to be the physicality that he's going to play with um I think Barnes is going to be a three I think he's going to be what people wanted William Jeffress to be with a good shot from the outside you know Right now, Jefferson has struggled, obviously. He's got a lot of potential. He plays really good defense, so there's still time to grow for Jeffress. Um, I'm not saying he's he's out in the dumpster yet. Like he, He's still a good player. He's a solid piece for Pitt. Um, but I do think Barnes is going to play the three, play outside on the wing, um, use his shot to his advantage. I mean, look, you look at Syracuse yesterday. They had, what, all four of their first four starters were like six, six and above, and they were all shooting above 35% from three. Um, I think Barnes can be one of those guys for Pitt. And I think if he gets that athleticism, if he gets that physicality a little bit up and fills out with some more muscle, I think he can turn into a dangerous player. I, I, I do think he can. But his number one strength right now is his shooting. He told me it. His coach told me it. Obviously, everyone else has seen it that's watched him play. So I think he'll be a good shooter for Pitt outside, and uh, we'll see where he goes from there. Listen, shooters don't grow on trees. If that's your best attribute, I think that's a good thing coming out. I, I know that uh, the guy that, that I at least heard a little bit when I was talking with people was maybe more so to junior Audis Tony. The, the last year of Audis Tony here where Tony like was shooting that. at about, I think, 38% from deep. That's kind of where I feel like he might fit in more. A 3 and D type player. And apparently, and as you said, I think he does need to fill out his frame to improve on the defensive end a little bit. Um, but I think that this this is a guy that really gives you a jolt. So if you are Jeff Capel and you're able to sell that kind of vision, it feels like now, by the way, with, with Barnes coming, um, with Keyshawn Hall potentially coming, 
they've built this this system around John Hughley and John Hughley's like implemented here. And and I know there was a lot of fear that he might go to the portal and he'll get lots of interest from other guys. I, I'm pretty sure now that they have these guys committed and in, in the brush system kind of invested here. I think Hughley is good to hear stay, which is huge news for Pitt, obviously. But I think Barnes is that is that type of guy that, as you said, he's a day one contributor. He's a, he's a big time shooter for you. He could even crack the starting lineup depending on how everything works out. But this is a huge commitment for Pitt. There's there's no doubt about it. They needed something. And and now I think as long as they can translate some success here at the end of the year of the improvement into the portal and then into the recruitment of Barnes, they can land a few other guys to go with Barnes. And this is, uh, I guess, one thing that I do want to talk about outside of Marlon Barnes. You know, we talked about him a lot. Um, the thing with Judah Mintz, that was, that was the issue. They landed Judah Mintz. It was big time. They never seemed to get anyone to go. And when he decommitted, he said, I felt like I had to recruit everyone else and no one was coming with me. And he kind of looked around and said, where, why is no one coming to play with me? And it felt like that was a big reason for Judah Mintz's decommitment is they saw no one coming to play with him. I guess I know it's early in 2023, but they have already have a commitment in 2023. Do you think Barnes is going to be an attractive piece to bring guys in? And, and who are they recruiting hard in 2023? Just a quick primer on that and kind of, where they're going there in the 2023 class. Definitely. So I think with that mince thing, I did hear some of the same stuff, you know, they're not going to get any other top hundred guys. You know, people are whispering around like, is mince going to leave? And you never like to hear that after commitment. Um, but it seemed like that for a while, but then, you know, Pitt did go after Buchanan pretty hard. I mean, they had him on for two visits in the month of October. Um, I think, they showed that they wanted him while Mintz was still committed. I think that he was one of Mintz's not, not best buddies, obviously, but they played for uh, the same AAU club. I mean, they're always retweeting their stuff. They're always, they're always shouting each other out on Twitter. So I think in the grand scheme of things, um, you can't completely say that, that Mintz didn't want to come here anymore because of uh, no other commits signing in the summer, in the fall, in the early fall. But, uh, I do think that probably played a factor, played a role with him. Um, but yeah, on to 2023, I think Barnes is an attractive piece to build around because you can see his his ranking. I mean, as as much as those don't matter in the grand scheme of things, like once they get on the college floor, those don't matter at all. Um, players look at that, and and you look at the recruiting class rankings, and Jeff Cable's definitely going to use Barnes to his advantage. Like here, we've got this wing that's six six. You can shoot the lights out. You're going to give it to him uh, while you can drive and do your own thing from the guard position, from the big position. Uh, you can grow behind John Hughley. They're pitching all these things. And it's all revolving around that Barnes connection, that Barnes commitment. And, uh, yeah, so some of the guys for 2023, I actually talked to uh, Carlton Carrington today. He's a 6'4 combo guard from the DMV, uh, plays at St. Francis Academy like we talked about earlier. Um He's a, he's a top 150 prospect in the class. I really like him as a prospect. You know, I've seen he's been putting up some solid numbers on a really good team over there um, this year. I talked to him. He said he still hears from Capel and Milan Brown two or three times a week. Um, it was, it was kind of quiet back when he did, but he visited Pitt back in late October. Um, he told me he liked what he saw. It said it was definitely a place I can see myself. So that's big news. Um, that's that's I don't think he's he's gone out and said that really anywhere um, quite yet. But he told me today I was talking to him. He said he really liked what he saw from Pitt. Um, he said it's a great school, 
great campus. He liked what he saw. So he's a big target for them, certainly. I mean, hearing from Jeff Capel himself and then Milan Brown as a junior two to three times a week, that's pretty much how they're prioritizing guys, how I've heard from other recruits. Like, those are the guys they really want. So Carlton Carrington, I'd say, is one of their top targets. Um, Silas DeMary, a 6'4 guard from North Carolina, obviously can relate to the Capels. Um, Pitt's trying to get him on a visit. Milan Brown's on him hard again. I talked to him last week. Um, he said Pitt's really trying to get him up there for a visit, and uh, he, he's going to try to plan that one out. Um, Jonathan Lamothi plays alongside um, Carlton Carrington at St. Francis. Capel really liked what he saw from Lamothi last summer, um, but that recruitment's kind of heading towards Ohio State and, and some other different schools that have really gotten on him. And uh, some of them even tried to get him to reclass. I don't believe Pitt did. Um, but yeah, so Lamothi, maybe Jalen Curry, a guard from North Carolina, also has a pit offer. Um, you know, there's Jacoy Hutchinson pit offer. You know, you can go down the line. They're going for a lot of guards in that class. And they have been since the beginning of the summer. Um, Tyson Commander, he's a guard. Uh, 6'3 guy, prep school. He's taking a prep year next year. A lot of people have been asking me about him uh, because he said, I think in a recent 24-7 article, that Pitt was on him recently. And uh, I, I asked him about it. I was talking to him last week, and he said, um, yes, they have, but uh, I, de I reclassed a few weeks ago. So he's in the 2023 class now. They have that relationship with him for a while now. So Tyson Commander, he could be a name to follow for sure. And then uh, the wing position, you know, those were some guards, uh, just a few. You know, they've got more Tyler, Tyler Johnson, Solomon Ball, um, Savon Sutton, a local guy. So they've got those guards. The wing position, you'd like to think that they're building around Barnes at that position now. So guys like Sean Simmons, you know, Scotty Middleton, Horace Simmons, Jalen Hooks, all these guys that they've reached out to on June 1st this summer. I don't know how hard Pitt's going to go after them anymore kind of doubtful that they, they really try to get another wing with, with Barnes um, just based on the way they've recruited the past few years. Um, then Biggs, you know, they've got Amani Hansberry. He's in really good shape with Pitt, has been for a while. He's a bit undersized for, I, I think he's listed as a center on most sites and he plays more of like a four or five and he's a, I think he's six, seven, another DMV guy, Milan Brown's on him. Uh, he's, he was trying to plan an official visit to Pitt last time I talked to him. So that's a name to watch. Um, they've, they've got some offers out to Gregory Jackson, Papa Conte. I don't really know how likely those guys are. You know, they've kind of trended upwards in their recruitments. Jackson's really highly ranked. So they had those offers out early on, but same with Brandon White. Um, he, he plays for Donda Academy, you know, Kanye School. But I, I don't think Pitt's going to go that way with the bigs in 2023. Um, then they've got some other guys, Isaiah Miranda, Kachi Zay, I believe that's how you pronounce his name. Those two guys, two bigs, um, one's Rhode Island, and then Kachi Zay is uh, from P or he plays in PA at the George School. So they've got a lot going on in 2023. And, and based on what I've talked to, who I've talked to recently and, and what I've heard, um, they're definitely prioritizing some guards. And I think that list starts with Carrington. Yeah, and that makes sense completely when you just look at the guard list. Burton's gone. Spondy's gone. Horton, I believe, still has one year left in that 2023 year, but he'll be a senior that year, a super senior if he decides to use that. Femio DeCali will be up there as well. So it makes complete sense that they're going after guards, and I, I would expect that class to maybe be three guys at least. Obviously, the portal may be accentuating that as well, but 
we don't know how the team's going to look by 2023. Hey, we don't even know who the coach will be by 2023. So lots to move there. But Marlon Barnes Jr. is a really good start, I think, to the class overall. And it's good for the program to get some positive momentum going on the recruiting trail. All right, George, it's been great having you on, man. Tell people where they can find you, read your work, do all that great stuff. Awesome. Yeah, you can find me over at Pittsburgh Sports Now, um, pittsburghsportsnow.com. Uh, always covering recruiting. Recruiting never stops, obviously. Um, so we'll be we'll be heating up on those 2023 guys, 2022 guys coming up. Um, I'm always talking to guys, so we'll we'll be cracking the code. We'll be cracking down, seeing where Pitt's going with this. So um, we're doing our best, and uh, and stay tuned. We're gonna we're gonna get some stuff some stuff to know recently. So and folks, do make sure to go check out Georgia stuff at Pittsburgh Sports now, doing great stuff. As he said, he puts out great recruiting content, continuing to talk to prospects. More and more coming. From him in the coming weeks as Pitt hopefully starts to sign some new guys. Follow him at CBB on Twitter. Does great stuff, folks. So make sure to check him out. And as always, thanks for listening. And folks, as always, hail to Pitt.